Hello, and welcome to the Treasures of Truth podcast with Dr. Jeremy Simpson of the Thanks to Calvary Baptist Church in Elkin, North Carolina. We hope that you enjoy the podcast today as we search together in the precious Word of God. Welcome to Treasures of Truth podcast. Brother Jeremy here. I want to go back to the book of Psalms, Psalm number 23. And we've been in here for a few podcasts. I think this is the fourth podcast on Psalm 23 on the song of the sheep. And the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I told you on one of the podcasts earlier, the earlier podcast, that this song, people call it the song of the shepherd, but it's really the song of the sheep because it's written from the perspective of the sheep, not the perspective of the shepherd. David had been the shepherd, and he's writing out of those experiences like God would allow men to do under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He's writing out of those experiences as a shepherd to give adoration and praise and glory to his shepherd. It's the song of the sheep. And you see that he sings about divine provision when he said green pastures and still waters. He sings about the divine pathway when he talks about the paths of righteousness for his namesake. But then we mentioned on the last podcast right before we closed, he sings about divine protection. Because there's not only deserts between the pastures, there's mountains they had to cross. And for centuries, the shepherds had used rock-hewn paths, just sometimes a couple feet wide, which was the only way to get from one pasture to the next. I was, I was reading about this and said many times the the height of the cliff from where the path would be so narrow, the height right beside would be over thousands of feet. And the sheep are in full view of the valley of the shadow of death, which is, by the way, the valley Kidron. And one slip of the foot, and the sheep could plunge into the valley of death. Just one slip up, and they're gone. I thought about that. This psalm is spiritual, not physical. Most of the time we read this about the, uh, you know, at a death, at a funeral, and that's okay. I do it as well. But that's not the correct interpretation. It's not about falling into death. It's about falling into temptation. This is not the valley of death. It's the valley of the shadow of death. It's speaking of the temptations we have. Now get this. It's speaking of how any of us could fall into sin. We'll never fall under death again. Say amen right there. We could all fall under the shadow of death. We'll never be condemned by God, but we could be condemned by ourselves. We could be condemned by our associates and the world around us. I can never be lost, but I can be a castaway. It may not be spiritual death, but there could be the shadow of spiritual death upon my life. And you know what a shadow is? A shadow is a lack of light. We can get to the point where because of yielding to temptation, our light can get dim to the point that there 
are areas where God's light has never shined upon. But there is hope for temptation. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. There's a direct comparison with Psalm 23, 4 and 1 Corinthians 10, 13. We see the purpose of temptation, though that's the will of God. Though I walk through the valley. We see the promise and temptation through, though I walk through. They see there's the will. God allows things to come our way. But then there's the way of escape through the valley. And then there's the person of temptation, in temptation. And that's thou, God, is faithful. You see that parallel between the verses? No temptation is taking you, but such is common to man. That's though I walk through. But God is faithful. That's the person. And then through, the way of escape is made. I got great news about temptation. If, if you don't yield to it, it will stop. There'll be, a, there'll be an end to the valley of temptation. And in the meantime, thou art with me. Thank God for the help of the comforter. Thank God for the help of the shepherd. The Holy Spirit is with us in the hour of temptation. And we may face places of temptation where it seems like we could slip off at any moment. But thank God we've got the shepherd's voice that says, watch your step. Be careful. Watch your step. Be careful. I'm glad he said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. Thinking about that 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he said, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. And watch this. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with temptation. That word with is very important. Because he said temptation is going to be present in your life, but there's something with temptation. God stops the temptation, calls over way of escape and says, I'm going to allow temptation to come in your life, but you cannot go toward Jeremy Simpson without taking way of escape with you. And with temptation, when temptation's present, look for that other presence. The way of escape is with temptation. Hallelujah. So you see divine provision. You see divine, a divine pathway. The, the, the sheep is singing about divine protection. But then there's something else this sheep is singing about. He's singing about divine perfection. Oh, yes. Studying this passage and looking at it, every now and again I found out that the shepherd would make his way through the herd to see that all is well. And the divine perfection is the rod and the staff. The rod and the staff. And he does so when he walks through the flock and just checks to see that everybody's getting along. He calls each of them by name and taps them on the head. You know what that tap and calling denotes? It denotes the personal walk the shepherd and the sheep have. I'm glad he knows me by name. And I'm glad also he knows how to tap me. He knows how to tap me with the rod and the staff. That symbolizes the Word of God. The knowing by name is the voice of the Spirit. The tapping of the rod is the symbolism of the Word of God. And it is through the Word of God and the Spirit of God that God leads us in this journey of life and brings us to maturity. The rod and the staff. The Spirit of God and the voice. Because the Word of God has two purposes. You know what the Word of God has two purposes uh, for? It's the same as what that rod and staff were. There were two purposes. 
The rod and staff symbolize the Word of God because the Word of God has two purposes, correction and perfection. Excuse me, correction and protection. If the sheep falls over the side of the cliff and is caught, he'll use that staff and pull him back up. How many times have we been rescued by the Word of God? Or if the snake comes onto the path, he'll use that rod to protect. So he's got the correcting power in the Word of God, and he's got the protecting power in the Word of God. The Word of God is what you use to resist the serpent, that old devil, the snake. Sometimes those sheep get themselves out of line, and God uses that staff and that crook and pulls them back. That Word of God will pull you back. And then sometimes we need the Word of God to to fight off the enemy of the flesh, to fight off the enemy of the world, to fight off the enemy of the devil. The staff and the voice are used to get us back to the right place. The Spirit and the Word are used to keep us on the right, in the right place. They were used for protection. They were used for correction. Many people like the comfort of the Word of God, but they don't like the chasing of the Word of God. But we need both. It is a two-edged sword. Now, I don't want you to miss out on the next few podcasts. I, I, I don't know how many more I'll do, but we've already looked at the song singing here of the sheep is divine provision, divine pathway, divine protection, divine perfection. God's working on us. I love that old song we used to sing. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be because he's still working on me. That word, that rod and staff, divine perfection. Oh, yes, he knows what he's doing. God is providing for us. He's leading us on the right path. He is protecting us from the valley of the shadow of death. He is perfecting us to be without spot and blemish, to be presented wholly before the Father. What a song we have to sing. Now, we've got an opportunity today to go out and be salt and light. The Bible said you're the salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. You've got the opportunity today to go out and make a difference in this world. It's dirty, it's dark. It needs you. It needs Christians to stand up and be counted for. Go out today and purify and illuminate. Illuminate. And if you're listening to this in the evening, plan on purpose. I'm getting up tomorrow and I'm going to be a Christian. I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'm going out and I'm going to make a difference in this world. And until the next Treasures of Truth podcast, God bless you.